right, welcome back to the Comedy Castle podcast. I am Joel Fragamini, your host. Going to tell you what's going on this week at the Comedy Castle. And uh, got a fun interview with J. Chris Newberg. You know, you talk to J. Chris Newberg offstage, a little different than his onstage persona, where he's sarcastic and sharp and really funny. And uh, and then he's very introspective and, and wise. Off stage, I think you're going to like this interview. I, I did. Yeah, I've known Chris for 25 years almost, though, so we're old pals, and uh, it's a fun interview. But let's tell you what's going on this week at the club. I mean, we had uh, on the heels of Dave Landau's outstanding week. Thanks to anyone who came out to see Dave over the weekend with Derek Richards and Al April, and man, fun shows. Dave's incredible. Uh, loved seeing Al and Derek as well. But it's going to be a fun week this week too. Uh, starting Tuesday, the 8th, maybe you're hearing this on Tuesday, the 8th, it's the Detroit to LA comedy competition, the comedy challenge, if you will, it's at 7 30 PM, a whole fun lineup of young comics trying to win a trip to LA. This is the first round. There's two more rounds, but you can come out and vote for who you like at the Detroit to, Con- Detroit to LA comedy challenge. That's Tuesday, August 8th. And then Wednesday, August 9th, the eyes up here. Comedy show in all female lineup. Except for the host. It's hosted by a young man named Greg Sharp, who's super funny. He was one of my students. And then the all female lineup includes T-Barb, Camilla Bellario, Ann Duke and Melanie Hearn. Hilarious ladies. It's going to be a fun show. Nice little showcase by Sam Rose Entertainment for your Wednesday the 9th. Get tickets to that at ComedyCastle.com as well, 7.30 p.m. And then J. Chris Newberg comes in for four shows this weekend, Thursday the 10th at 7.30, Friday the 11th at 7.15, and then 7 and 9.30 on Saturday the 12th, 7 p.m. sharp. That's our early show Saturday. You can bring Grandma out of that one, I think, if they like J. Chris Newberg's comedy <laughs> actually I think this is a fun week because we've got uh, even four grandmas jason Philan marez is opening the show as your mc and tommy thompson is your middle tommy thompson one of the few uh working comics that i know second generation comedian tommy thompson so come out to these shows uh, it's going to be a good time but let's talk about jay chris newberg at this point come on J. Chris Newberg, if you've uh, been around the Comedy Castle or the Michigan comedy scene going back to the late 90s, J. Chris Newberg has been a fixture. Uh, he was really known starting out early for being a guitar playing musical comedian. Um, as his career has gone on, he has de emphasized the music, but he still closes with it. It's still the last 20 minutes, it's sort of the encore portion of the show are his songs. Uh, and as you'll hear, he tells us some of them new, some of them uh, know things that you may know from him. A big audience sing-alongs. It's always a fun show with J. Chris Newberg. And uh, I think you're going to enjoy it uh, if you haven't seen him. And if you have seen him, you know what you're looking for. I believe it's every, I think, uh, every August, right? He'll tell us that in the interview. Every August for I don't know how many years, J. Chris Newberg has returned from L.A., his adopted home to Detroit to tell us some jokes at the Comedy Castle. And we enjoy it. Uh, he's, he's a fun man. If you, if you like your uh, 
like to come out, have a beverage, you'll enjoy Jay Chris Newberg. He certainly enjoys a beverage himself as far as I can remember. Who knows? Maybe he's sober now. What do I know? But anyway, let's get in. And again, we'll hear you we'll talk a little bit about his uh, his television producing and writing work. I know I saw some pictures on his Instagram where he's on strike and, you know, you can only promote so much stuff during the strike. Or you'll get in trouble, and we don't want to get in trouble here at the Comedy Castle podcast. So, we're just going to let uh, let uh, the interview speak for itself. Uh, so, listen up. It's Jay Chris Newberg, everybody. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, on the other end of my line, we've got a Michigan legend. I'm saying I'm saying that a lot on this show recently, but a Michigan legend. Uh, our headliner, a favorite at Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle, Jay Chris Newberg. How you doing, Chris? What's up, Joel? It's it's great to talk to you. I mean, is this? I mean, I would say aside from the pandemic, is it an annual trip to Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle? Yeah, every it, uh, every August. Every August. That's awesome. I mean, because uh, yeah, and uh, you you I, you're one of the guys too that I like. Uh, Everybody knows you're from Detroit. I think that's one of the coolest things about you, even though you're not. You don't live here now. Nope. But you rep Detroit in a way that uh, a lot of guys don't that leave. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's got that Tim Allen level of home improvement. <laughs> so, but yeah. I, I like. Go ahead. But now I think it's people think it's cool to be from Detroit. I don't know that that's always been the case. It's never been the case. I think it's so bizarre that like now everyone. Like when, I mean, you know, just even if you talk about the Lions, when Goff left, when Goff left L.A., everyone was like, ha-ha, suckers. Mm-hmm. And now it's like now everything's sold out and everyone talks about the Lions and yeah. it's wonderful. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and everybody's, I saw a thing when I, when I was in, um, last time I was in town, I was in Oxford and I, someone gave me a keychain that said, don't Birmingham my Detroit. <laughs> And I was cracking up because I was like, no way is that a thing? And then I asked, I'm like, what does that mean? And they're like, oh, yeah, downtown Detroit looks like Birmingham now. Oh, I guess in certain spots. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I get to I get I get to judge. I've heard <laughs> and, I've heard and this affects me because I live there. But don't Royal Oak my Ferndale. That's one that we say uh, around here. Yeah, yeah we got to keep Ferndale <laughs> real. Can't be selling yeah. out. I guess. I mean. Isn't it? I mean, isn't that the goal for everybody always to sell out? <laughs> Pretty much, I would imagine. It just makes people uh, uh, wealthy or or well-to-do in a way, you know. Well, well, okay, so let me ask you this yeah. because it's like I'm I'm a huge fan of comedy. I always have been. I know you are as well. Yes. So you you've you've taught comedy for several years. Yes. What's the what's the vibe? Of the present day comic verse the past, is it all clip oriented? Like, are well, they like, do they do they come to you for like tricks on social media or, or well, do they want jokes? That's a thing that I've had to learn a lot of, and I learned a lot of it from this show actually, because I, you know, I I watch everybody's stuff. I go through their social media. I see, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we have guys who have only been doing it for a few years, but because of social media, can sell out. So I tell people now, like, hey, that's probably the the way that most people are going to make it now versus you know the tonight show right or or letterman those things Mm -hmm. have kind of i mean they're still there 
But when I talk to people who have done, I'm trying to think of the guy recently I talked to who was on the show, but I said, you know, well, you did, you did the Tonight Show and you have this social media following. We did the Tonight Show. How did that compare to social media? And he said, the social media people come out. The Tonight Show was like a blip. Yeah, it's and the purpose of the Tonight Show is for social media stuff yeah. because, yeah. like, I was I was thinking like when I did Tonight Show, I remember because I looked, there's 1.7 million people yeah. who watch it, and I was like, cool. And now you have people that they release a video of them talking to the crowd, and it doesn't <laughs> get two million. They don't think yeah. it's a success. Right? It's crazy. Yeah, and that's the other thing too is the crowd work. I mean, that's the thing that. You know, comedians like like students come to me and like their number one thing is how do I deal with the heckler? Uh, you know, when do I when are you going to teach us about doing crowd work? And I go, well, I'm not going to teach it because one, when you're starting out, you shouldn't mess with the hecklers at all. You hope that they you know, shut up or the the mm-hmm. guy that works the door at the club is going to stop them from talking. And, you know, the crowd work stuff, you can't force it. It comes organically. You're hosting yep. shows. Um, or some things like that, you'll have to stretch. Um, you know, sometimes they'll be like, Hey, the headliner's not here. You got to keep going until we turn the light on. And then you're like talking to the people in the front row and you try to, you know, do it in your own way and make it fun. I mean, you can certainly, if you wanted to, I think, uh, uh, watch enough of these crowd work clips, you could probably Mm -hmm. mimic people and figure out how to do it and what the best responses are to other things. But I don't really think that's great comedy. So I would never tell no. people to do that or teach people to do that. Um, it's, it, it's not good comedy, but yeah. it's sort of like it's fast tracked. It it's like it yeah. kind of and it, it's also to me it, it seems like it's fast tracking it in the way that like American Idol fast tracks rock stardom. Yeah, you know it's like boom, you're on TV already. Oh, you're singing a song. Oh, you're whatever. Yeah. And so people like familiarity and to be included. There's this huge sign at uh, the Punchline in Atlanta because I just did it last okay. week. And it's from the owner, and he's like, MCs and middles do not talk to the crowd. <laughs> okay. It's like straight up because it's like he was saying, the owner was saying that so many people come to comedy shows now, they want to be the reason a video goes viral. Yeah. That's so fucking different than yeah. anything I've ever learned. Yeah, it's different. I think it's, you know, and, and I don't fault anybody. I mean, if you do all these crowd clips and you can sell out, you know, theaters and all that stuff and do it, but it's gotta be a great show or you, you know, you're going to do that one theater tour and <laughs> you know, you're going to be, and that's it. you're going to be at the quality Inn on Saturday night with the rest of us or whatever, yep. you know? So I just feel like, I mean, I, I think back in the eighties, you know, guys got the tonight show when they had, you know, 10 minutes worth of material and they tore it off that for years and years. So maybe it's not yep. any different. Maybe we should all just stop worrying about it. And just, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, yeah. there's no point. Of, there's no point to worry about it. It's not going away. Oh yeah. But Matt Reif puts tickets on sale and uh, every comic comes out of the woodwork. <laughs> well, you, you know, I mean, Joel, I mean, yeah. you can't, you can't, I mean, now you've been doing comedy a long time like yeah. myself. Not a lot of comics look like that kid. Yeah. He has an advantage. Right. I, I mean, he's got tits. You know, he's, like, he's, <laughs> he's in such great shape. Uh, he's like a foot, you know, it's so good for that kid. I know. And I, and here's the thing I'll just say, because he comes up just because it's a hot topic or whatever. And and I mm-hmm. go, you know, the more I learn about Matt Reif, I just I like the guy more. He's I, a good kid. I, I do. I, I just because he kind of look at him and go, I want to punch this guy in the face. And, and then you mm-hmm. hear it's like, oh, he's just a comic. 
you know, he looks good and he puts some work into how he looks. He hasn't always looked like that, but you know, maybe that's what you're supposed to do. I don't know. I mean, I'll never look hey, like that, but that's all right. Yeah. You know, like, again, it's a different, it's a different vibe. And it's like, I saw, like, I, I would see him constantly at the laugh factory when I was, when I was performing there more and he would sit in the lobby and he would just hang out and he was just like this teenage kid. Yeah. Just looking to, just looking to go up. And then I saw him again right after he blew up, blew up and he was sitting outside at kitchen 24 with a girl. <laughs> and I walked by and I was like, Oh my God, is that Matt Rife? And I was just kidding. The look of defeat on his face already was like, Oh God, here <laughs> we go. And yeah. So, I mean, I can't imagine it's as easy. I mean, like, also, but think about it, though, like he's what, 22, 23. Yeah. All of a sudden, if you and I, I mean, you and I were both young and both not anywhere near with our shit together. All of a sudden threw that kind of money at us, 30 yeah. million dollars. Yeah. It'd be tough. I wouldn't want that shit now. No nah. fucking way. I mean, I'll take the money. I don't know. I'll flame out. I'll, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'll, I'll take I'll take your money and I'll, you know. I'll get there. caught with a hooker or whatever you got to do to get canceled nowadays. I'll, I'm, I'm willing to do that sure. at this point. Right. <laughs> I'm 50, though. So <laughs> it's funny seeing you. You know, I know you're you're really embracing the beard now, it seems like, too. You've your look. Yeah. I mean, it's I don't I just stopped shaving. And it would, and it's like. It's be interesting. To some people. Yeah. Like I'm a girl beard. And you know, people are like, "Oh yeah, that beard look. It really looks. It works for you." And I'm like, "Come <laughs> on, man. it is what it is." Well, it's but, you know, it's comedy, right? You're, I mean, you're happy yeah, with I mean, it. My girlfriend likes it. I can't complain. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, so it's like it is what it is. But yeah, it's definitely. I don't know. I was, I was trying to. I started doing like what it is before this, and I just stopped because I was like, "Fuck it, we're gonna talk about the same stuff." Mm-hmm. And it's it's just so interesting. It's just like you, like when when we first like when I first started doing comedy, and it was like in my opinion, like the glory days of comedy, and it was like arts and like. Yeah. America's yeah. and like club, like mostly Bart. Yeah. But, I mean, like that to me to this day stands as like one of the most difficult rooms of all time. Oh, of course. But, but it was so fucking fun. Yeah. Yeah, it I mean, was. I, I mean, just, but Chris is referring to, you know, the open mic in Ferndale that we kind of both started at, I guess is safe to say. Or, yeah. You know, and, um, you know, I ended up posting that thing for about 10 years and uh, until it ended, until the guy sold the place. But, um, you know, it was a thing where it was so hard, but it was also kind of really the one place where you could everybody could get up. And it sort of felt important in its own way that now, you know, yeah. there's three mics a week, you know, three mics a night in Detroit. And they're right. all sort of kind of poorly attended, aside from like the ones at the clubs. And right. they're all you do them and it's really just the other comics. And it's it just sort of feels like uh you're goofing around when you go to these. And I, I go to these with my students to try to say, hey, let's practice our stuff. But um, right. it's not the same. It's it's weird. Comedy uh, was smaller, I think, back when we started in the, in the late 90s. But yet it felt every show felt bigger because there was less mm-hmm. of it, maybe. Yes. But I just, re- I just read a post from comedian as I was waiting for you to call, and it said, some of the lineups at the Detroit Comedy Fest or whatever are just disrespectful. Huh. It just makes me laugh so <laughs> fucking hard. 
that someone's that worked up over a spot oh when I just used to, I used to be that guy. So I yeah. totally get it. Yeah. I mean, I, I tell people to just, you know, as a teacher, I tell them just focus on you. If there's a thing you want, see if you can get it. If you don't get it, you know, if somebody does something, well, they're going to do that event again and they're going to need a different person. And that could be you. So yep. don't get mad at the person that got it. And I always say, like, if there's some lousy comic that you're like, why are they opening that big theater show for that touring guy? And they really suck. And I'm like, if they suck, they're going to go on stage and have a rough night. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's not going to be fun for them to have to stay out there for, you know, 30 minutes, you know, in front of some rock band or some shit where they don't know who you are. Like, that's tough. They're not going to yeah. do good. So don't be jealous of that. No, I know my, my manager says the same thing. If ever I complain, he just he basically he says exactly what you said. Yeah. He's like water the water the grass around you. That's gonna grow. Oh, that's good advice. He's like worrying about somebody somebody else's grass. It's not like if I'm like, why the fuck? That's not gonna get me anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a thing. But you've had so many great let's go through some of the stuff that uh that you've done in your career. I was on your Instagram and I saw that clip from the uh the Dane Cook tour where you're all singing your song at the end. It was unbelievable. Yeah. My God. Tell us about that. Uh, that was fun. I mean, it's just, it was one of those things where it's like looking back on it, it was such an incredible yeah. experience, but it was also such a, like touring on, on that level is, is so bittersweet. And, and it's like for the photographs, it's a hundred percent sweet yeah. for the experience. It's a hundred percent sweet, but the level of, of, uh adrenaline versus downtime yeah. is so challenging like you're you know you're literally you're in the room in front of 15,000 people for 20 minutes but then you're off for 23 hours and 40 minutes yeah and it's just like it's not about you you're lucky to be on this really great vacation yeah. and everything else but no one's there to see you they're there to see the other person and yeah. like there's so many egos involved and like i don't know it, it's great it's such a fun experience i i, I would love i would love to do it as uh, theaters as a headliner myself you know it hasn't worked out yet but still the goal and still trying but yeah it's definitely it's so confusing because like as a comic my favorite room is maybe like comedy castle thursday night 220 people yeah. just over half people <laughs> there to watch that's that's what i love yeah but like and like i remember like the, the funniest memory i've ever had was I was in Macau, like part of some, I guess it's in Asia. Okay. And I'm, and I'm, it's like, it's like the Las Vegas of China. I was okay. with Russell and Russell's manager comes up and he goes, we need to helicopter out of here tonight. So you're <laughs> going to go on earlier than normal. So you're only going to go up in front of like 20,000 people. I hope you're not upset. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm going to be at the Laugh factory next week in front of three. <laughs> So it's definitely bittersweet and it's cool and enjoyable. I think all this stuff is fun and it's like so cool to do it, but it's just, there's so many, so many different ways to do it now. Yeah. You've toured uh, with Russell Peters, toured the world with him mm -hmm. and uh, just tons of, I mean, uh, amazing stuff that you've done. I mean, America's got talent. I mean, come on. That was when I think that show meant a little more than it does now that America's yeah, got talent. It's, it's so funny. They reached out to me recently after, after my social media started getting a little busier yeah. and they were like, we want to have you back on the show and do a weird thing. I'm like, now really 20 fucking years later. Okay, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. I just moved. 
yeah, like I'll do it. But yeah, it's so weird because it's like Hollywood out here now. It's like all there is is stand up, and like the comics who are doing stand up should be lucky because if you're having fun doing it, it's great. There's no work. There's no fucking shows. Yeah. All the actors and writers are now doing stand up. Yeah. yeah. So we were talking. We were talking about that uh, last night, last Saturday at the Comedy Castle, where it's like. You know, these these comics from Detroit go out to L.A. and it's like now you're competing with every actor, every writer, <laughs> you know, every yeah. every famous comic. And uh, good luck to you. I mean, what was that when you went out there? Uh, a real, how, first of all, what year did you go to L.A. from Detroit? Like 2003. Wow. OK. And so what was it like uh, making that transition? It was so it was it was very hard. I think I was like I think I was miserable for 10 years. I think it like I didn't really. I didn't really start making money in California until 2011, 2012. So that means I struggled Yeah. for, I struggled for long. It was tough. Yeah. I mean, I, I lived in my car for a little bit and it was just like, because I was too stubborn. Cause I was like, when I moved out there, I said, the only thing I'm going to do is entertainment. Yeah. I'm only going to do comedy or writing or whatever. And it was just on an unrealistic situation because you can't make enough money to eat. If you're a full-time comic only in Los Angeles. Yeah. And you're not going to get hired as a writer if you're not proven. So it was a long time to struggle. And then I finally got into TV and then I met some people and it worked out. But I mean, I, I like there's people who've moved out here. There's a couple of comics from Detroit who've moved out here recently. And I just don't even know what they're doing. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, like, what would you like if, they, if you're moving from Detroit to here to do other open mics? I bet the open mics in Detroit are more fun. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I couldn't tell you what goes on in LA, but probably easier to get on stage in a lot of cases or, you know, uh, it's way harder to get on stage here. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. There's like, there's one, two, there's three comedy clubs and there's 5,000 comics. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely, I always look forward to coming home or getting booked in another place because I don't have the same neediness as I had as a younger comic. Like mm. I don't need to get up on stage seven nights a week, but if I can go to a city and I can get seven hours on stage for a weekend, that's enough for me for the month. Yeah. No, that's a good way to look at it. I mean, uh, um, yeah, these guys, they're, 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 you know, you can get on stage in Michigan, you know, in Detroit, if you wanted to get on stage 10 times a week and you know, you're not looking uh, for the money, uh, you can do it. And, and, yeah. you know, even if you want to work at a, at a, a one-nighter, like that's way easier than it used to be. I mean, that's the thing that I've one of the goals of my advanced comedy class at the Comedy Castle is I spend a week telling people how to run your own show and oh, nice. make work for other comedians. Because if you have a place where you can say, "Hey, come to my club," and I'll you know come to this restaurant that I've got on the first Saturday of the month, and I'll give you a hundred bucks, they're going to turn around and give you some work. And uh, yeah. I think it's really changed uh, the economy of comedy uh, here, even if it's harder to make a full-time living. Uh, more guys are probably getting paid for it than there ever have been, and I think I've yeah. helped with that at least a little bit. So, uh, I mean, I think I think you can absolutely make a living as a comic yeah. in another city that isn't L.A. or New York. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, well, like I, I was talking to I have a buddy, Nick, who is a – Atlanta comic. He's like, oh, I'm just checking out New York. I'm like, are you going to move? And he's like, why would I? Mm. There's so much work in Atlanta now. Yeah. I don't need to. I'm like, all right. Yeah. I mean, and also the internet is like, the phone has changed that. Yeah. Like Landau's killing it right now. Yeah. And like, he's not in New York really. Yeah. Yeah. He was with us last week. Dave yeah. And I'm sure he had, I'm sure he had great numbers and yeah. I'm sure he's got a 
huge fan base because of his podcast and his crowd. Yeah, yeah, he's doing great. great. But even on the local level, when we talk about putting your own shows together, your MC this weekend, I don't know if you you must know him, but uh, uh, Jason Filan Merez is your MC. And that guy did my class, and he's crushing it now. I'm so proud of him. He's wonderful. I think, and and if he listens to this podcast, I will tell him what I say to his face. Jason, spend some money and get a bigger fucking stage in Oxford. That thing's so (laughs) funny. I've done that Oxford show, and it's, uh, yeah, it's a little stage. It's, hey, little stage more people, maybe. I don't know. Uh, He's, uh, that's a good problem to have, probably, if you're him. Yeah, I'm, I'm, he's, he's a great dude. I'm a big fan of his. He works hard. I'm, he's on the show. And then, like, who else is on the show? Tommy is Thompson. Tom? Tommy Thompson's middle in this week. Yep, Tommy Thompson. Yeah. He's on the show. And I got a buddy. He's doing a guest spot on Saturday. He's talking. Mm-hmm. He's coming out. Yes. So I'm excited. Are you going to be at the club? Yes, of course I'll be at the club. Well, I say that, of course I'll be at the club. I was in the hospital for most of June. so I was. Oh, no. What happened? I'll tell you. I'll tell you this weekend, but I'm all right now. Okay, yeah, good. I'll tell you this weekend. It was a. It was a. It was a comedy of errors, uh, meaning uh-huh. meaning medical errors. I think mostly, but um, but no, it's good to have you. And uh, man, uh, just we could just talk. Oh, oh, we also. Uh, I don't know. Have you done this? Sh- I don't remember if you had done this show with Tom McCarthy or not. But um, uh, I had. You had. Okay, good. Because we. You, I was you, t- say, you take over. Yes, that's. I'm not the host, but I was going to say I don't know if you had been on this show. But we have talked about you on this show previously with my guest, Jade Catapretta. We talked oh, about I love Jade. Yeah, Jade came in and we talked about hotties. Which was oh, fun. yeah. Yeah. She was great. She's a talented lady. She is. Yeah. And she had nothing but nice things to say about you. And I said, well, you know what? He's a guy that I, I could talk about Chris Newberg all day. And you could talk uh-huh. about me all day. But I don't know I, if anyone know, wants to hear that. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Nothing was cooler when we all came up. Though. That was my uh, favorite time comedy. It is. I think we've reached that point, too, where, you know, when you look around, a lot of the guys we started with ain't around no more. And that's sad. No. You know, that'll so make you sad. feel old. Jeez, oh, man. So sad. Yeah. Paul Pizzix we lost recently. I know. He was... Uh, yeah, he, was supposed to be, he was supposed to be on the show. I, oh, I worked really. with him the week before. It was just like, it was one of those things, man. It was just like, I felt I like I, I had no reason to come into town. Yeah. For some reason, I was like, I'm going to come into town. And I was like, I picked up the phone. I was like, and I need to work with Paul. Yeah. And I sat and I just remember having like a half hour conversation with him. And then the next day I was like, oh, my yeah, God. He was Paul was awesome. And he was I mean, I remember back before I really knew him, you know, before me and him had a relationship. He was kind of your I always looked at Paul as your guy. Like, oh, that's you, the guy that's Newberg's guy. So sometimes you'd invite me to a show and it'd be the three of us and I had to get to know yeah. Paul. Yeah, he could do really yeah, good dude. Really good dude. Very sad. Yeah, very sad. So uh but we're gonna make some new memories this weekend. Yep. We're gonna do uh I don't know what we're gonna I mean, you got uh I mean the the favorite songs. Let's talk about your songs real quick because <laughs> going through uh, I mean I watched most of that dry bar special, which is terrific. If people oh, want a little you. taste, but uh, I mean, are this either new songs coming? Should people expect yeah. something new this weekend? Yeah, I think it's a pretty much new hour. Yeah. I mean, I'll do, I'll close it too soon probably, but yeah. like, I think it's it's mostly an hour. I want to. I, I came there in April and I was like, I'm gonna work on an hour. And I did two shows, and then it was painfully obvious that I did not have my hour done. But <laughs> I, it's 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 finished now. Yeah. Well, that's so, exciting. I'm 
Yeah, Chris Newberg, one of the guys that uh, pretty much synonymous with our club, I think, at this point, and uh, and and with the Michigan comedy and and that whole uh, that whole time, but doing very well for himself in L.A. You don't have to. You can look up what he's done uh, credit wise on television. It's pretty impressive, I got to say. Thank you. Yeah, very much so, man. So I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're doing well, and uh, I'm doing better, which is nice. Good. <laughs> Good. Well, I want to hear about that. It's going to be great shows this weekend, man. Tommy Thompson and Jason Filan Merez, and then Jake Chris Newber closes it out. Thanks for talking to me, dude. This was nice. My pleasure, Joel. Thanks right, for having man. me. You're very welcome. We'll catch you this weekend, Chris. All right, buddy. I'll see you soon. There he goes. All right, man. Thank you. We had a couple of phone issues with Jake Chris Newber. You know, the hills of L.A. will get you. <laughs> When it comes to cell coverage, but I think I edited them out successfully, right? I think so. All right. So come see Jay Chris Newberg this weekend. It's always a fun time. Again, you didn't hear the high energy stage, Jay Chris Newberg today. No, you got the introspective and, and so much great advice for comedians about moving to L.A. for dealing with the success of your uh, your comrades and your uh, contemporaries and how to not get jealous. I thought that was all really smart. And, uh, and, and it shows up in his comedy, too. He's a funny comic, great writer, hilarious jokes, great songs. Come see J. Chris Newberg this summer, uh, this summer, this weekend. It is a summer weekend, but that means J. Chris Newberg. That's how we do it. J. Chris Newberg, he's our August headliner every year. And he's back again. So anyway, thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, thanks again. I always mention my comedy students. The advanced comedy class is going currently. Uh, we'll be graduating those students on August 30th at the club. I'll be plugging that in the future weeks. But if you want to sign up for the advanced comedy class, September 16th is the next one. You can call the club at 248-542-9900. And, of course, the beginner comedy class with Bill Bouchard. If you've never done comedy and you want to try your hand at it. The beginner stand-up 101 with Bill Bouchard is the way to do that. Again, call the club, 248-542-9900. Let's get out of here, everybody. Let's say goodnight. It's been a long, it's been a long afternoon. But I love you. Thank you for listening. We'll see you this weekend with Jay Chris Newberg, all right? All right.